that pattern, this job is going to pay the bills. It's mm. a limiting belief mm. and it's going to keep you in that tiny frame outlook that's not serving you. When you're in that routine, you're definitely not going outside of your comfort zone, but you only grow outside of your comfort zone. Midlife Ladies. This is the Dear Midlife Podcast. Unapologetic girl talk that will help you remember who you are and figure out who in the hell you want to become. I'm Shelby Bybee, karaoke party queen, single mom, and an extrovert to a fault. And I'm Trinity Greenfield, a wild-haired woman full of sass, sparkle, and a heavy dose of black girl magic. So grab a glass and let's dive into the messy middle. In this episode, I start by sharing a story about running with my daughter in the morning and how difficult it can be at first to try something new and to form new habits. And my girl, Ava, and I had to talk through how she can do hard things. Absolutely. And and our guest today, Catherine Louise, has a podcast called You Can and You Will to remind our audience of women everywhere, that you can do hard things. Hell yes. And Catherine is a business and mindset mentor for female leaders and artists, and she guides and supports women along their way to living that exceptional career in life that maybe you didn't think that you could and helps you to work on your self-esteem and find your full potential. So, Cue the music. I am woman. Hear me roar because women empowerment is her mission. Amen. Right. But the truth is the majority of women still live beneath their potential. Mm -hmm. So today we discuss that sometimes even the most successful women still struggle to find their zone of genius and to live authentically. Catherine hails from Germany and has been an entrepreneur for 16 years in the space of self-development and communication. And she now coaches and mentors females to let go of the past Mm -hmm. and believe in themselves. Yes. But you know what, girl? We know that forging a new path is not an easy feat. No. But we're here to tell you, you do not have to go down this path or through this journey alone. We are here and we are forming a tribe of women in the middle who will support one another, who will lift each other up along the way and who will link arms to do this together. And we encourage you to join our community on Facebook and to share this episode with a friend who needs to hear it. Mm -hmm. We love you. You know, we honestly love you. We freaking love you, girl. Come join us, man. We can't wait us. to have you. Jump into the water. It feels warm. <laughs> I hope it's not All warm because right. you peed down in there. <laughs> <laughs> probably did. I probably did. Uh, so uh, let's, let's bring it on over. Without further ado, and welcome to the show, Catherine Louise. Catherine, thank you so much for being here today. 
Thank you so much for having me, shall we? And Trinity, it's a pleasure and I'm so excited. <laughs> we're excited too. Yes, we're so excited. And I mentioned before we actually went live on the podcast, a story that I had this morning that really was making me enthusiastic for our conversation this afternoon. And the story is that I have a daughter that is 14 years old and she's decided that she wants to take up running. She's getting to the age where she'll be going into high school next year. And she's always enjoyed running, but has never done it in correlation to a school activity or in an organized way, other than a a small program that she did for a short while in middle school. And so she's really keen on preparing herself to go into high school and join the high school track team. And I'm loving her discipline. She's very structured in the way that she's disciplined. Mm-hmm. Trini's probably laughing because she's just mm-hmm. like me in this way. Like her mama. <laughs> like her mama. She decided <laughs> one day that she wanted to be a runner. And the next day she said, mom, we're running at 6.15 in the morning. And she woke Ooh. up at 6.15 in the morning and she was the one dragging me out the door to go on our run. But here's the story. We run to the end of the block and then she's very tired. So we have to walk a little bit and then we run a little bit and walk a little bit, which is fine because you have to build up to running a solid period of time. We're trying to run the equivalent of one mile here in the United States. And the challenge is that each day I'm trying to push her to go a little bit farther, a little bit faster. And today she says, mom, I can't, Mm. I can't, I just can't do it. And I said, but you can, you can, Mm. if you just shift your mindset, it's really all about telling yourself what you can do. And so you have a podcast, Catherine Louise. (laughs) Wow. That was a good one. Wow. (laughs) You can, and And you you will. will. This is what I was exactly saying to my daughter this morning. You can. And you will. Okay, and I, I love goosebumps right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the premise of this podcast because we as women so regularly discount what we are capable of doing. And yes. if I had a dollar for every woman I have ever heard say, I can't do it, I can't. What yeah. do you do and how do you help women? believe they are capable of doing hard things. Well, here's the thing. I really wanted to name my podcast, You Can and You Will, because we women, we tend to have a whole set of doubts for Mm -hmm. every desire we have, Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. even if it's just sparking a bit, right? Just a tiny bit like, oh, I would love to do this. And then it comes with a whole set of program doubts and disbeliefs. And as I mentioned before, before we went live, like even quote unquote, successful women, female entrepreneurs, females in the C-suite who seemingly have made it, right? Most of them still live beyond their potential. And I wanted to name my podcast, You Can and You Will, because there is no doubt ever you can and you will achieve whatever you set your mind into. And I have, in, in the times I've been working as a business and mindset mentor, I have experienced what a huge and tremendous difference it makes for women 
if there's just one person telling you, of course, you're going to make mm-hmm. it. There's mm-hmm. not even a doubt. Mm-hmm. It so often just takes that one person to be like, oh, like she believes I can do it. Like, is that actually even a possible thing? And then our minds literally start <laughs> sparking new ways and strategies. And it's like, we oftentimes just really need that one person. And I really wanted, you know, whoever comes across my podcast to understand, I'm not even having a doubt. Yeah. Whatever you want to make or do, you're going to head and do it, period. So important. It's so important. It is. And, you know, the fact that you are highlighting women who are already in the eyes of the world successful, mm-hmm. whether they're the C-suite or executives or they've done this, that or the other in their lives, yet they're still living beneath their mm-hmm. full potential. Mm-hmm. I, I find often, though, that these are also sometimes the same women that perhaps don't keep people in their circle who are the you can and you will people that perhaps they have isolated a bit from community, yeah. women community, cheerleaders in their lives because they're so driven, they're working hard, they're doing this, they're trying to fit it all in. And they're, mm-hmm. so they're not taking time to have that sisterhood time that's critical to pumping us up. We all need, we all need that pump up person in the corner, keeping us going. <laughs> and I think that, you know, sometimes the, the more you achieve, the less you have of that. Hmm. Well, I believe, you know, specifically talking about those women, you just mentioned sort of like almost sorting those positive people out. It's like that kind of pa- positivity can be so challenging. Yeah. And here's the thing. When you are successful, but you're worked up, you're maybe even burned out, heading Mm -hmm. to depression. Mm. What I have learned is, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the concept of the zone of genius. No, but I must be operating in it. So please carry on. (laughs) I mean, there's some confidence right there, girl. Maybe you have somebody on your side. I won't mention names. I've got a pumper upper over there. I love that. So the zone of genius, well, there are actually different kinds of zones. And I just love that concept because I found it to be true for years. When you are working within your zone of genius, not only are you fully operating within your potential and who you mm-hmm. truly are and your God-given gifts or the universe or whatever, things that you do will feel natural to you because it is your natural gift. Yeah. So I truly believe, and to me, this is just another evidence when you're worked up, when you're working 24 seven and you mm-hmm. feel it, something is not right. Yeah. Something I'm there. Is not right. Either about your career. I'm not in the zone of genius that I'm working, <laughs> working too hard. It's one or the well, other well, for me, but it's a thing. And, and, you know, it's, it's, I found it to be true that women have to work extra hard to achieve things. Mm -hmm. And this is just not right. But also we have that belief system that we have to work really hard in order to get that seat in order to hit those seven, eight figures for our company. But this is clashing with the zone of genius. 
and mm-hmm. how you want to really build your company. I've been an entrepreneur for 17 years. I know I, I learned it the rough way. And also when you're in the C-suite, there are ways and strategies how you can work within your zone of genius. And obviously you still want to invest yourself. But when you're burned out, when you're in the middle of a depression, something is not right. Mm -hmm. And obviously it is so much more easy to sort out those positive people to sort of your tribe that is cheering you on, as you said it, than really facing the truth and working on yourself. Hmm. So let me ask you this. Is it, what is it that doesn't feel right? When we get into that space, what is it that's standing in our way of our zone of genius? Hmm. I think it has a lot to do with our programming. And this goes back to childhood programming. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but it's like whatever we believe to be true and a common example is money beliefs or Hmm beliefs about your success really have been sort of literally been programmed onto you up until the age of seven. Mm -hmm. So this is really talking about early childhood programming, whatever you have experienced in that time, your parents, your, you know, caregivers, really, whatever they found to be true is what you have adapted. So And it almost sounds ironic when we're talking about successful women, but we all seem to have that kind of glass ceiling. And when we're hitting that, it's like we don't even know how to maneuver around that because we believe we can't achieve even more than that. And with the women I'm working with, they have a hard time really talking about what is feeling wrong because they don't want to complain. They don't want to come across as ungrateful really. And soon I come to figure out that when stuff is going wrong, they will not be able to really point their fingers on it. It just feels wrong. And then being at that stage and seeking for help, seeking for a mentor, it really also takes guts to just really admit I don't know what is going wrong, but it doesn't feel right. And this is what it is. It takes guts. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. I had this awakening this morning and Shelby, you're going to appreciate this because I thought about you. So Shelby and I, we've, we've been friends. We've worked together. We've known one another for a long time. What? 2005, six, seven, Mm -hmm. nine, 2006, I think. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, and I would say we have achieved relatively similar levels of success. Mm-hmm. And yet and still in the work that we do, Shelby often will have to like reach across and put her grips into my forehead and pull me <laughs> saying, you can and you will. You've got this. You're amazing. Why don't you see this? No, you're going to mm-hmm. do this. Go, go, go. And, and I was thinking this morning, like, why is that? And I know that there's these limiting beliefs. And I was like, you mm-hmm. know, I we both had parents that exhorted us and encouraged us and told us we could do it and put these beliefs in it. Why is it different? And then it hit me. My mother, she worked hard. She worked her fingers to the bone. And I know that Shelby's mother did that as well. But the result of the two things were very different. My mother worked really, really hard without ever achieving the levels of success that I deem as my, my potential, my possibility, right? Mm-hmm. 
she'd make $2 and she'd lose a dollar 50, you know, and it was just always working so hard. And she accomplished so much in life for herself, but it was always a struggle. Yeah. And I realized that never in my life did I have a female that I could point to that was close and say, that is what possibility looks like. Mm, That is what possibility looks like. Everything that I've done, I am the first in my family to have achieved my extended family among all the women. And so I'm the one that's like leading the way trailblazing and, and I'm tired. I'm fucking tired. Truth be told, I'm fucking tired. And so for me, it's, you know, Shelby works hard. She's probably the hardest worker I've ever met, but she also has a vision of what greatness and possibility, especially among women, looks like because of the incredible woman that raised her and achieved so much greatness, right? So my mom rose to CEO of a company. So from secretary, by the way, yeah, she, she really did thrive and rise. Yeah. And so, you know, in my case, like it's critical to have somebody that literally has the belief system based off of real world data. Yes. And that can pull me in and say, no, this is possible. You are underselling yourself. You are not seeing the, the possibility, the potential all of these things, there's more, there's more. Great. Take a breath. You achieved this breathe for seven minutes, but there's more. Let's go. It is. I thought of you this morning, darling. This is what happened in your mind. I love your friendship. It is really inspiring. And also you're so happy to have each other Yes. to really, first of all, have walked that path together for such a long time Mm -hmm. and to have that very own cheerleader. This is so unique. And I love how you share this. It's Mm. so precious because let me tell you this, walking the path as the first one in your family, it's such a big thing and it takes so much more strength and power. No wonder you're exhausted. I would be surprised if you were not because you didn't have a role model Mm -hmm. and you didn't have somebody to lean on. And one of the things that I preach probably until the day I die is if you're just, for instance, the first entrepreneur in your family, well, first of all, you taking action on that idea is almost unlikely if you are not surrounded by people mm-hmm. having somehow done the same thing, having not done the same thing or a similar thing as you do. So you really have to be surrounded by people with the same interests and almost speaking the same language when it comes to entrepreneurship, when it comes to the C-suite, you know, the mindsets and just let me approach it this way. If you're growing up in a family with people having a typical nine to five, but you just feel the urge to become an entrepreneur very likely the people around you are going to be like, oh no, are you, I have really, you lost your mm-hmm. mind. Like you so need true. to go that secure kind of path. Mm-hmm. So you taking up your chances and going all in is almost unlikely. But if you've been growing up in a family 
full of entrepreneurs, you know, just doing the hustle every single day, of course, you're going to be an entrepreneur, like you don't even know any different, right? Mm -hmm. So really, how you grow up is what makes all of the difference. And I believe your star Trinity is showing and proving exactly that. And then what is you know, what is making me so sad is that people who are not surrounded by surrounded by people having the same interests and goals, Mm -hmm. they feel like they couldn't reach that just because they don't know any better. Mm -hmm. And, and I just, I really want to change that. I just so want to change that. Yeah. I love that message. And you're right at Catherine Louise. I grew up in a family where my mother was a great role model for me. And I do believe that that really was a catalyst for me to believe that no matter what I knew, what success looked like, I knew what was possible as a woman. And that really influenced me in so many ways, because I think a lot of women discount ourselves because we, um, feel like we have to make sacrifices. For example, I, I can't be both successful in my career and a great mom at the same time, or Mm -hmm. I can't be successful in my career and be a great partner to my, my significant other. And I feel like that limits us. But when you grow up with a mother that is not only a good mother, a good spouse, but also a good leader, then you recognize that you, you can balance all of these things. And I think that was one of the biggest messages that I walked away with in terms of knowing what is possible and having that visibility into living beyond my potential or exceeding, you know, what we as women perceive to be potential. And I do think that we often discount ourselves. And I know that there's a lot of statistics that say, well, if a woman doesn't meet a hundred percent of the job requirements, she's not going to even interview for that job role. Or if she believes that she's going to have to sacrifice time with family, then she will then sacrifice her career success in lieu of being a successful parent. And I just want to message out there to our listener that it is possible to balance those things. Now that the key with that, I think, is that you can't have it all. Like you can, but you can't, right? There are some, it's a balancing act. And so I guess my question to you is, What tools do you provide to your clients to help them see their potential to get out of this negative narrative that we all as women tell ourselves and to to find their potential? How do you help your your clients do that? Well, first of all, I have to say it's not really like a one size fits all because every woman is at a different stage coming from a whole different background. And Mm -hmm. it is so important to honor that and acknowledge that because you have to be aware of that in order to really figure out what the true potential is. So Mm -hmm. really understanding what is the life situation like and then really working towards that zone of genius, aka potential. It's pretty much the same, I have to say. So really finding that and then also as a consequence, transforming your life. So really depending on if you're an entrepreneur or you're in corporate America in the CS youth, mm-hmm. like how could those life changes look like? What is the best strategy that you can take to really live that life. And also, and that's a huge mindset thing, mm. understanding that this is no fairy tale wishing on a star. <laughs> 
but it actually can be true. And what I wanted to say, I just loved how you said on, you know, balancing being a mom, I'm a mom of three too. So what I wanted to add on is something I've noticed on society, because Mm. when I was growing up, merely any mom was working and really not working a full-time job. But then today it's like, we have to be it all. We have to be that full working mom, but also taking full-time care of our kids, looking like that girl from the magazine, right? (laughs) 70, 80 times a week. And then please don't eat that carbs. So it's like also society pressure so much. And really then also listening to your intuition and almost blocking out that outside noise. I want to say it's a huge thing that, that I'm working with my clients on and also getting rid of that iPhone watch. Ah. <laughs> I have noticed a pattern there really being almost navigated by that thing. It just mm-hmm. came across my mind. I don't know who needed to hear that, but <laughs> right, <laughs> it's a thing. It's a thing. No, but that's so true. So I'm curious to know what you do to help your clients like block out some of these distractions and to really put in place that plan of action, because I feel like it's it's easier said than done. Right. And um, I think, you know, going back to the story that I, I shared this morning You know, when we try to do something new for the very first time, as my daughter is, it's difficult to develop a new habit around doing something. And again, even though she was able to develop that habit relatively quickly and start um, maybe the practice or discipline of waking up and putting on her running shoes and getting out the door, the actual doing of the thing Mm -hmm. has become really hard for her. And it's like she doesn't know exactly what to do to build up her strength to become a runner. And I think we as women have some of the same challenges. We might, for me, for example, I wake up every day and I get out of bed and I go edit a podcast in the morning because I have this vision of creating a business and into building this lifestyle for myself. But then we get stuck in maybe the and I'm, you know, saying this out loud as I go, but maybe I'm stuck in a negative narrative and I don't even know that I'm stuck in a negative narrative and I feel like I'm moving forward, but am I actually really moving forward? Like, am I doing the right things? And I think that sometimes we get stuck in this space where we're doing just enough to make us feel good, like we're doing something, but how do you really help your clients put those plans of action to place? Because I feel like that we reach our sticking points and either we don't know what to do next or maybe this unconscious narrative continues to play into the story. That's such an interesting question. So first of all, we have to understand that what most of us are looking for is motivation, but Mm. we have to understand that when it really comes to reaching goals, you we're human beings. We're never going to be motivated every single day. And this is a huge part, this is a huge thing for us women. We have to allow ourselves to not Mm. be happy and shiny and, you know, giggly and bubbly every single day. There are going to be a whole lot of days where you're not going to be motivated. So really just continuing your 
new habits and talking about new habits. And this goes especially for your daughter. When mm -hmm. you are working on implementing new habits, first of all, when you do something new, there are new neural pathways literally being mm -hmm. built in your brain. Also, it is so important to understand when you try to build a new habit, doing something new, it doesn't matter whether we're talking about nutrition or building maybe, you know, a new company. Whenever you do something new, it takes at least three weeks for mm -hmm. your body, for your system to accept that as a new habit. Mm -hmm. And in my personal experience, I have to say it takes longer yeah. than three weeks <laughs> sure. because Quite honestly, when you've been living a certain way for years and years, it's just mm -hmm. going to take a time. And then what I'm preaching as well to my clients is when you are working towards something new, mm -hmm. you also have to allow and almost expect at some stage to fall back into old patterns that may not serve you, that you may not like, but it's just... It really is. And this is where strength is really showing that you just get back up and continue to work, even on those days when you're not motivated. Mm -hmm. So really figuring out with my clients where they are and then working on them. Because here's another thing. We always work on becoming that better version. We right. always want to be that new and improved and, you yeah. know, please don't have any wrinkles kind of version. Yeah. But when we're being very honest, specifically when it comes to being in your full potential, it is being that real version of you. Mm. To be honest, it is we're almost always looking for that outside validation. But mm -hmm. A, is that truly who you want it to be? And then B, it honestly, it's becoming or being who you truly are in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the very first thing we have to understand who we want to be, that desire that you have, whatever is missing in your life right now, mm -hmm. even if you can't put your finger on it, it's not out there. It's not at Walmart and it's not Beverly Hills, but it's inside of you. And we have to understand that. And I think just allowing that thought in, going to change your way on how to think about things on how to go about things really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, something that you said also stood out to me and it was a, just a brief comment that you made, but it was identifying where you are today and then setting a goal. I think something that I could be better at doing and I think is important is that the research shows that when you actually have a very clear and distinct goal and that you write that goal down, mm -hmm. you are much more likely to achieve mm -hmm. that goal. And yeah. so one of the things that I, I feel like I heard you say is that you help your clients identify where they are. And I think it's really important that once you have a clear picture of where it is that you want to go, is that you actually write that goal down. Ooh, yeah. Maybe then you're more likely to achieve that goal. And I think if you also have clarity in what that goal is, it makes it a little bit easier to then create a plan of action maybe, because then you take what is it that you want to achieve and you sort of 
reverse engineer it. Yeah, work backwards. (laughs) Yes, I love how you say that. I just spoke about that two days ago because, you know, having that thought in your mind and then putting it onto paper Mm -hmm. is literally like magic because it is the very first time it becomes real. And what I believe, especially when you didn't have those role models in your life before, Mm -hmm. it's like, People like Jeff Bezos, who founded Amazon, at some stage, he had to write that down. So we're not even that different. It is just, are you taking action on that? And then what is also true, when once you have have come to know that specific goal, and remember, things can change along the way, because A, we're humans, B, life happens, right? But yes, it is very important to define that goal and then reverse engineer. And then also really being open and having that perspective, because when you're at the bottom of the hill and you look up and there's that goal, you just see that one path and that Mm -hmm. can make things really difficult. So just, you know, have that outside point of view and just have that outside support that you guys have in each other and which I believe is such a blessing it's so important Mm -hmm. to really have somebody in your life walking you through that yeah Yeah. it's funny I don't even know who I was listening to it was just probably some genius on TikTok to be quite honest (laughs) um who was talking about, you know, this notion of the past, the present, the future, and kind of thinking about living in the moment, living in the now. And it was really profound because he said, the past is, it's gone. Like there's nothing you can do Mm -hmm, with the past. mm -hmm. You can't touch it. You can't revive it. You can't bring it back. It 100% only lives in your memories. There's nothing real and tangible about it at this stage. It is gone. It is a thought and nothing but a thought. Yep. We live there, our glory days, our woulda, coulda, shouldas, all of that stuff. And then we think about the future. And so many of us who are future focused and goal oriented, it's hard for us to realize, but the future is also nothing Mm -hmm. but a thought. It is not something we can touch. It is here and it is here only. But the difference is, is that we can right now do actual tangible things in this moment to prepare and create the future that we want. And it's taking it and doing it one moment at a time. And this is why I believe that writing down your goals are critical because that is really the action that moves it from the thought to an actual tangible action you're doing right now to set the stage for the future. And so for those of us that struggle with planning and, 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 um, writing down goals, it really is the only way to move the future state into the present and to begin to live in the present is the only way to actually shift your future. So we have to be very conscious about the steps that we take and living now for what we want to become 10 minutes from now. I love that so powerful and so true and also this is why I'm such a huge fan of journaling it is I feel like people still think 
it's a waste of time almost. It's my biggest struggle in life, dude. I know Trinity's sitting your throat. Literally is my biggest. The journaling. Journaling. I can send you if you wanted to. I can send you some of my journaling because I design them for my clients. And I believe, you know, it's not about. This is another huge misconception. I have to say, we also always think we would need to take those big steps, right? Like only big steps are going to change everything. But that is so not true. And this is why we most of times don't even take steps to begin with, because we're overloaded. We're already exhausted. Like, okay, then, you know, lunch break, I got to do this. And then I got to pick up the kids. And then, oh, I still have a husband and have that laundry, like that mountain waiting for me in the back. Like we're overloaded. No, no way we're going to take big action. But the truth is, just as in journaling, this is why I designed it myself for my clients, is it shouldn't even take you a lot of time, but you should do it in the very first thing in the morning before you put those contacts in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because this is when your brain is still in that state. And then also understanding, and this is what I really have my clients do, is define three small things you can do today in order to get closer to the goal. And another such incredibly powerful question, when you are stuck with a question, it may just be, am I going to eat that salad now? Or am I going to have that pizza? Is And I, I, this has changed so much for me is, okay, my future self, but just one year from now, mm-hmm. right? Not that future self five, 10 years from now. It's too far away. It's like your brain can't comprehend that. But my future self, just one year from now, would she be proud of me doing that? Is it going to serve me? Hmm. Like when you're stuck with a question, just, you know, too many challenges, too many tasks, too many things in our head, just ask yourself, is it going to serve me? Like I found that to be such a powerful question. Yes. Yeah. That is a really powerful question. It is. And sometimes it's just the simple step where you could even like the the games I play with myself are like, okay, so I'm going to eat the salad. And if after I eat the salad, I still want the pizza, then I'm going to eat the pizza. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm committing to myself. Then I eat the salad. I don't want the pizza after that. Never never want the pizza after that. I'm like, I'm full. I'm done. But it's okay, like I, granting gonna... myself the permission. Hey, you want to do this? You can. You're fully grown. It's okay. Just start here, then do that thing. See, it's a mindset thing. thing. Yeah. It's so a mindset eat the salad thing. and the pizza at the same <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm That's sorry. I'm, I'm just going to keep it frank over here. I'm going right, to have you both. Right. <laughs> both of them are going down. But yeah. Not say no to the carbs. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm total low carb girl too. Trinity knows a extent to an extent, but yeah, but you have to like next restaurant. That's so (laughs) we were in San Francisco trying to find a restaurant. I don't know. We were like nine restaurants later. I'm like, Shelby, can we please just eat? I'm so hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Did you find one at the end? We did, but you know, everything has noodles or rice (laughs) or bread. For everything. I would have expected that in San Francisco that would have those. <laughs> you know? 
you would think, but we did. We eventually found a restaurant. But, you know, I think um, maybe that begs a point, too, is that we get so disciplined and we get so stuck in our own ways that sometimes we fail to look outside of ourselves and realize that there is a bigger world out there to enjoy mm-hmm. and that, you know, maybe we're depriving ourselves of opportunities that and maybe this is why we get stuck living you know, beneath our potential, because it is easy to get stuck in this tunnel vision. Like I wake up in the morning, I have a job to do. I, Mm -hmm. this job pays the bills. So I am sticking to what I know because this is what pays the bills and this is easy. Yeah. I know I have this kind of dream floating out over here, but we get so tunnel visioned on maybe it's a pattern that we've adopted. It's a habit. It's, that we forget to allow ourselves to dream mm. and envision the future because, you know, maybe we're too focused on the here and the now, and maybe there is value in trying to see, you know, what the future holds. And I don't know if you've got any recommendations, Catherine Louise, as to how you encourage your, your clients to dream a little bit. How do you help yeah. them get outside of this purgatory of the mundane that just boxes us in and pays the bills, but it's not where we feel aligned. And so how do we get outside of that? Okay. First of all, Shelby, how you just say, said being disciplined is being stuck to what that's a biggie. I have goosebumps because (laughs) it is so true. And you know, that pattern, this job is going to pay the bills. It's Mm. a limiting belief. Mm. And being so disciplined is going to keep you in that tiny sort of frame outlook that is not serving you. Because if you're not happy, again, something is wrong. And here's a big, big thing. When you're in that routine limiting yourself, you're definitely not going outside of your comfort zone, right? Because you're living the mundane, the everyday, day to day. But you have to understand and know you only grow outside of your comfort zone. Because only when you do new things that you have Mm -hmm. never even done before, your brain will have to develop. And again, it's not a kind of woo-woo thinking, but it's a brain thing. (laughs) We'll have to develop. Science, people, science. Yes. (laughs) No, it literally is. Only when you do new things, when you challenge your brain, your system, your brain will have to develop new ways of thinking, new ways of, okay, how am I going to handle this? How am I going to you know, go about this only when you move outside of your comfort zone, when you do new things. And I think it is so important to understand because, you know, especially when you get older, when you're outside of college, it tends to become a, we got to pay the bills. We're going to go on vacation. Then we send the kids off to college. Mm -hmm. But what about you? What about your dreams? And while some people are happy about that, I think when you're listening to this episode, most probably you feel like something is just not right. Yeah. Yeah. And I run into people and I, in fact, just had a conversation today with someone I love who just doesn't even know how to dream anymore. Mm -hmm. I was like, what do you love? What do you love? What do you want to do? What are the things that light you on fire? She was like, I don't even know anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how do you break out of that? Well, 
again, I would, if she would be my client, I would ask her, if you dare to dream something, just doing something, maybe even something you wanted to do as a child, you have never done in your life, what would that be? And most likely the very first answer would be, oh no, I can't be doing this. You know, it's just like, I got kids, I got responsibilities. And then I would be like, no, go ahead. What is that one thing? And better believe I would encourage my client to go ahead and just do that. Mm. Because not dreaming anymore is almost like a death to your soul. Yeah. You have this beautiful one life. Don't waste it for paying the bills. Because also, who is saying that in my experience, when you are in your potential doing what you're supposed to be doing, like your purpose, most probably you're going to earn much more money because it's going to be more easy to you. So why is paying the bills more worth than being happy and paying even more bills or having more, you know, assets and all of the things? Why do we think playing safe, giving up on ourselves to be quite honest Hmm. is worth it? This is not what a life is about. No, You are so wonderful. You are so precious. You were not born to pay the bills and give up on that. Every single person is born with a set of gifts and interests. And it honestly makes me emotional right now because I just feel like don't waste it. Don't give it up. You are so much more than getting up at 6 a.m. having, you know, those this baby stuff in your hair. (laughs) All of the things like it's a beautiful thing and when you have to honor it, but don't give up on yourself. And I don't care if you're 50 or 60, you have so much more life to live right now. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's the conundrum of midlife, isn't it? Right. I think as women, we get to this place and there's a couple of dynamics that are happening. So we've given ourselves away. We've given ourselves to our spouse. We've given ourselves to our children. We've given ourselves to our jobs. If we have jobs, we've given ourselves to the PTO, to the basketball team, to the room parent crew and all of the things. And we get to this place in midlife. And I think Trinity has said it before. We don't even know who we are anymore. So that's one challenge. The next challenge is that we have a lot of responsibility because you know, when you're 20 years old, you've got nothing to lose. Really. You've got all the years, all the life, all the, you know, dreams to have and live and love. And you have very little responsibility at that age. You don't have a mortgage. You don't have children to worry about. You don't have a significant other car payment and all the things that are, that burden us that we shoulder as we age in life and acquire more things, more responsibility. And yet at the same time, we also have this wisdom and we also (laughs) potentially have the means to make different choices about the way that we live life. So help us understand, you know, oh my gosh, I don't even know what the question is. Like how as women- Can we get beyond our shit so Mm -hmm. that we can come to this realization that there, that you've just said, like, look, girl, there is so much more life to live. But I think a lot of us give up in midlife because we're either fucking tired, (laughs) which is 
article. Yeah. Or we just are burdened and weighed down by by life. Yeah. Okay. so first of all, what I have learned in the past 10 years is that when women have given birth to a baby or multiple babies, I have never seen as many women as after having babies changing Mm. their jobs and careers. Mm. Never. Having a family, raising kids is so, and I believe for us females, so much more than for males, just be honest, it's going to shift so much in our lives, like so much, like including our boobs. (laughs) Oh gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Like breastfeeding. Like I have milk vampires over here. Exactly. Yeah. But besides shifting our boobs, I know it shifts a lot of other stuff. So sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was trying to jump a rope the other day. No, (laughs) ma'am. Not not gonna go there. So no, what I'm saying is, well, having really raising kids is for as women a whole different thing. Second, I hope your hubby is gonna give you something back. It's not just us investing them. But yes, let's talk about it. Raising a family is going to change our relationship. Mm-hmm. And divorce is not a thing for no reason because we tend to give up ourselves for our family. And then at the end, maybe even being by ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is so easy to get in that rut, especially when the kids are still so young, yeah. right? Because let's be honest, Michelle Obama. By the way, I love her so much. Mm -hmm. She Mm. just said it in an interview the other day or a while back, but I loved it so much. Like kids are poor communicators, always needy. (laughs) And I couldn't agree more. It's like you can't even drink that darn cup of coffee without (laughs) looking after your kids because they're going to rip something apart, right? Right. But like I have three kids so and they're not that there's not much of an age gap but mm-hmm. the more they get older the more time I have for myself again and after mm-hmm. my third kid I never had ever, any parental leave because mm-hmm. working to me doing what I love was nurturing myself right uh, and I was yeah. that tired of the diapers I I was like, if I'm not working, I'm just going to get sick of the diapers. I'm sorry. I love my kids so much. I do everything for them. I try to structure all of my work around them, around the tennis, about Mm -hmm. around the sports and arts clubs and everything. But I need that for me, for Mm -hmm. Catherine. And, you know, really, especially if you have been in the sort of rut of giving yourself up and as Michelle Obama again said, like talking to her husband, like, how did you have time to go golfing? Right. Right. Like still to this day. And I'm in a club in a city near to us where there are a whole bunch of women in the C-suit mm-hmm. and varying from all ages. And hear them talk about marriage is something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> and how they split up having that career and still small mm-hmm. children. But I think it is so important to find something for yourself and may it just be a club and just people that you can talk to that understand what you're going through. Oh my gosh, this is so critical. You have to share your stuff and the diapers and the dreams with somebody to 
to really still have that light burning, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. And then when you've been in that rut, nobody can tell me you're still happy. You have to find yeah. something for yourself, you know, without yeah. the kids, without the husband, without the dog, like just something for yourself. It may just be 10 minutes a day, but you mm-hmm. need to have that. This yeah. is how you start and you go from there. But also what I figured, even when you're in that rut, and even if you're so not happy, you still have to allow it and almost justify to yourself mm-hmm. because of the mortgage, because of the bills, because mm-hmm. of that. But honestly, it's a mindset shift that really has to happen here. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you're saying this and it it, um, made me reminisce. Uh, I did an exercise, a training exercise when I had just gone back to work after having my first daughter and they had these words on the board and we had to sort of reflect on the words. And if there was any words that stood out to us, we had to acknowledge them. And there were some words on the board that said not enough. And Mm -hmm. I literally broke into tears and I was in the middle of a boardroom with a bunch of colleagues and it was a little embarrassing, but in hindsight, I had a follow-on meeting with the coach that was leading that exercise. And she took me through a process where I I processed through that, like where the, where the root of these words coming from and, and what is it that's sparking you to say that you're not enough. And she said to me, what if you are, what if you Mm -hmm. are enough? What if. What if you're just telling yourself you're not enough, but you actually, in fact, are enough? And so when you talk about little mindset shifts, I think those are the little mindset shifts that have such a profound impact on our lives. And to your point, it just was a small change in semantics, a small change in, in the way that I thought about that. And in the reality is what she was saying to me is that if I am not living authentically in alignment with who I am as an individual, I will not be a good mother. I will not be a good spouse. I will not be good for anybody if I'm not good for myself. And so I think that's one message that I'm taking away from our conversation here today. And what is again, resonating with me, girl, is you can and and you will, (laughs) you can, and you will. And we just had such a lovely conversation with you, Catherine Louise. Thank you so much for being here today. And if our listener wanted to find you, where could they go? Well, definitely katherinelouise.com. You will find all of the good things, the links, the podcast right there. And Shelby and Trinity, thank you so, so much for having me. It was, I still have goosebumps. (laughs) It was such a lovely conversation and so powerful as well. So thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you. Catherine, thank you for sharing so many great nuggets of wisdom with us. We really appreciate this conversation. It was a good one. It was a great conversation, Catherine. We appreciate you so much. Yes. So our takeaways for today, my first one is easy peasy, lemon squeezy, but boy, did it jump out to me that we must find and operate in our zone of genius. Yeah. We're working on it, girl. You and I, we are. We are working. We'll get there working on it. And to whatever beliefs, you know, I think one of the things that does hold us back uh, from not just finding the zone of genius, but operating in the zone of genius is that whatever beliefs your caregivers have imposed on you as a child will be ingrained or programmed 
within you yeah. from an early age. And these old narratives, girl, we've been talking about this over and over again, can truly be a barrier to success if we can't find and change our mindset. Absolutely. And, you know, building on that, our third point is that society tells us that we have to be it all. We have to do it all. We have to have a job. We have to be a mom. We have to be the perfect spouse. We have to look like the models in the magazine. You know, it takes courage to ask for help. And courage is defined as being afraid, doing it anyways. So step into your courage and do it anyway. I love that. I love that definition. And you know, that's one thing that I think I need to do more of is ask for help. And for when you're building new habits, just like we started the show, it's so hard because you're literally forming new neuro pathways in your freaking brain. And girl, Mm -hmm. that takes time. It can take sometimes three weeks, or I think, you know, we even talked on the show about longer. And I I err on the longer side when I'm building my (laughs) new habits, I'll tell you that. And you know, the thing about that is that I thought was so important that Catherine raised is that you're gonna slip up sometimes. Just like my daughter and I, you know, you're you're gonna you're gonna have a bad day. But girl, you gotta pick yourself up. You gotta get back out there and you gotta try it and do it again next time. That's right. You know, and this brings us to our final point, which is something that I believe that we all know. We simply don't practice it enough. And part of it does come from not walking in our courage. What you're looking for out there in other people, in all the self-help books, in all the places around you. What you're looking for is already inside of you. She lives there. She is there with the answers. You have that inside of you. And I would implore you this week to practice walking in courage being afraid and doing it anyway. Let her out of the box and start to really, truly walk in who you are and building these new habits, forming your new neural pathways, redefining the woman that you are and how you choose to show up for yourself in this life. And know that Shelby and I are doing that alongside with you. As we travel down this path, Come join us on our Facebook group. Continue to listen and know that we would love to hear from you because we are doing this together and we simply can't wait to be right back with you here next week as we continue to get better and better every single day right here in the middle.